Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rising to the Occasion. It's been a little while, I know. Brent and I have both been very busy, both between kind of getting everything moved between a few states. We're, all, we're both moving, uh, and so that's kind of been a big change. And then also just being out of town for work. As you can see, if you're watching YouTube, I'm in a hotel room, so it's been quite busy, uh, <laughs> needless to say. So it has been a lot going on, but once we get back into the groove of things, we'll get everything going. But we thank everybody so much for your support. But today on Rising to the Occasion, uh, we want to welcome you back because we just finished up week five. Uh, and so week five, it was a fun one. It was, uh, even though I'm an Oklahoma fan and we'll talk about that one, it wasn't so fun watching Oklahoma lose and get destroyed. But UCLA was the first FBS team to get to 5-0 and this season, and they really weren't talked about too much. We haven't heard too much about UCLA coming into this game, and now we're going to start to see them peak, kind of peek into the conversation a little bit as now they're finally ranked in the AP poll. And Oklahoma is dugging themselves in the hole after getting whooped by TCU. And yes, I said dugging themselves in the hole. We'll get to that. And Ole Miss survives a Kentucky win at home. Uh, you know, so they, they were really kind of worried about maybe Kentucky coming in and upsetting them. Uh, I guess for, for them, just kind of upsetting them in their own stadium. Um, but they were, they were worried about their first loss coming to Kentucky. And a lot of fans kind of looked at that, and a lot of us looked at it as well, as maybe this being the one that Kentucky can win. And Alabama wins without Bryce Young, something that we weren't sure that they were going to be able to do. Alabama proves that they can go on the road and they can win without Bryce Young. So that was a very big win for them. And Ryan Day and Greg Schiano were close to throwing hands. It wasn't a close game whatsoever, but they were pretty close to fighting. Quite a few words exchanged. We'll talk about that. And Georgia drops in the rankings big time after a weak win against Missouri. Not really big time, but we'll get to that and much more today. to rising to the occasion everybody uh, i want to thank everybody so much for your support you guys have all been really awesome uh, and we've been seeing the numbers grow quite a bit and that's what keeps us going on this is seeing you guys engage if you want to engage more make sure to tune in 
on Saturdays. This Saturday, we're going to have another live stream. It's rising in the morning, so get up early in the morning and start your game day off right by joining us. We're going to be talking about a few different games, you know, previewing some, previewing some games that are coming up uh, this weekend. So we'll be talking about those games and much more. Uh, we have quite a few guests that come on. We've got a couple that are planned in the near future. So make sure to tune in. Go over to, to uh, YouTube and subscribe and hit the notification bell so you know when that is. But it's this Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Central Time. Make sure to tune in and go over to YouTube so you can join in the chat. We'd love to see you guys join in and get involved. Before getting into it, I do want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by Mahler Bros Golf, the only place to get your golf apparel, the only place to get the most comfortable golf polos. Britton and I started up Mahler Bros Golf a little while back. Uh, we got into golfing quite a bit and just said, you know what, it's, it's expensive and it's kind of hard to find the right kind of golf clothing, something you can look good in, feel good in, uh, that you know it's comfortable and something that you really want to spend the money on. So how about we make that product? So we searched and went out and did all this uh, research to create Mahler Bros Golf. So go over to MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com. You can check out all of our signature polos, t-shirts, hats, and so much more. Go check it out. And you can use code RISING2 for 10% off just for being a listener to this podcast. We love you guys that much. Go over there, MahlerBros.com. Check it out. Rising 2 for 10% off. All right, let's get into it. Washington at UCLA, a game that a lot of us probably didn't even know was going on because it was on Friday. Uh, they started off first, but that also gave UCLA the opportunity to be the first 5-0 team in FBS this year. So we see UCLA come out and really just kind of handle the game and own the game. They controlled the game all the way through the third quarter. Fourth quarter, Washington started to come back. Uh, it, it was a really fun game to watch. If you missed it, you missed a really good game to watch. But we just see the way that, that Washington came out in that, that fourth quarter made it feel like maybe this is going to be a big comeback. Maybe they're going to be able to come back and win this game. Um, but UCLA was able to hold them off there at the end. The thing that kind of stands out to me is starting off with Michael Penix Jr. He's been playing amazing. We've all been talking about him. If they can win games, this guy might be pretty special. This guy could be up there in the talks. Who knows? Uh, you know, and if Washington were to go undefeated, who's to say they don't make it into the playoffs? This is all kind of some talk that's been going on around the nation, and rightfully so. I think Michael Penix Jr. is an amazing player, but he just kind of threw some some bad uh, some bad throws here and there. Two interceptions. You've got to win the turnover game. That's something that's said over and over again. Probably cliche in football, but it's something that's true. You have to win the turnover games. UCLA did, and they won the game. Uh, ultimately, I think the, the story for Washington and why they couldn't win this game was just the fact that they were not balanced whatsoever. They weren't able to really run the ball to, to establish a run game because we know that Michael Penix Jr. can throw the ball. We know that, 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 uh, we, we know that UCLA is going to have to drop back in the coverage on defense, and we know that they're going to have to watch for Michael Penix Jr., in his amazing arm. He's been just very talented, very, very uh, safe with the ball, and very efficient. So no doubt there. But we see him, you know, of course, not be able to do as much in this game because they only had 65 rushing yards. A team cannot do well when they rush for less than 100 yards, especially if you don't have one guy that's able to rush for 100 yards. They didn't have that playmaker 
in the run game. Not only that, but they really didn't run a whole lot with one guy to make him that guy. Uh, you know, the, the most that they 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 played, I'm just going to call him Wayne because that's his first name. I'm not even going to attempt his last name. Uh, there, you know, Washington's running back only ran up ten times. You've got to get your star running back the ball more than ten times to get that ground ground game running, get the defense spread out. I think personally, between the turnovers and that rushing game not not going, that's ultimately what really lost it for for uh, Washington. But for UCLA, on the other hand, I think they ended up winning this game because not only did they win that turnover battle, like we like I mentioned, but also just looking at the the way that uh, their their quarterback uh, Thompson Robinson, he's a senior quarterback coming in, something to prove, a guy that we really haven't heard a whole lot of. But when you look at his his season stats so far, he's looking pretty clean. 11 touchdowns, only one interception on the season. He's looking pretty clean, uh, and he's, he's looking pretty good. An 86.2 QBR, that's seventh in the nation. So he, he looks good, and he's a guy that I haven't heard his name brought up at all for, for just recognition. I'm not saying we have to talk about him for Heisman or anything like that, but I think he needs to be recognized because he, he looks good, and it, he showed it in this game. He was 9.5-yard average with three touchdowns. He was 24 for 33 in this game with 315 passing yards. That's a good game. So three to zero on the touchdown to interception ratio. That is absolutely the game that you want to see. Now they did have a, a fumble on the game. UCLA did, but they didn't turn the ball over. Um, so that's something that looking at at UCLA and just the way that they played this game, they were phenomenal. Uh, you know, they just they, they played the game and everything was in their hands. And one thing that I want to I want to point out, and one thing that I want, I want to call out and give a shout out to was I think Chip Kelly and the coaching staff and as, a, as a whole, they coached this game very well. They, they looked very good in, in, the, in the coaching. I think all the schemes just looked very efficient, very safe, uh, and, and just a really great game. So watch out for UCLA being now a talk in the Pac-12. We've talked about Utah, but we know that they have a loss in their season, so they're not, not going to be much in the, in the grand scheme of things. We talked about USC. I think they still are something to talk about. I think they've got they've got a lot of good things going there in USC with Lincoln Riley putting things together. Um, and then you know we were talking about Washington before, but now I think we're going to have to start looking over here at UCLA and saying, hey, listen, they're five and zero. They're now they're they're ranked now. They're they're up in the top rankings to to be considered anything. You know, at least a top twenty five matchup to look forward to. Uh, so looking at UCLA. I think there's something to look to because uh, they, they do have a tough game, their next game uh, being against Utah. Uh, and then they're also going to have to play to play Oregon, another team in the Pac-12 that we've been talking about. Um, but then they're going to be able to kind of ease it up a little bit with Stanford and Arizona State, Arizona. But then they're going to have to finish the game, the, their last two games out against USC, really tough game there. Uh, their, their rival slash partner and moving over to the Big Ten. Uh, and then also finishing off the, the season against Cal, which isn't going to be a walk in the park. But still, looking at, at, at uh, you know, the way that UCLA has looked so far, I don't know why they haven't really been talked about more. I don't know why we haven't talked about them because we should have seen that you know they, they did good against Bowling Green. They did really well against them. They whooped up on Alabama State and Colorado. South Alabama, they had a very close game, though only by winning by one. But they still won, uh, and, and now being able to take care of Washington the way that they did, they just looked really good. If you take out that fourth quarter, it seemed like a dominant game for UCLA. So I think they are a team that if they can keep that, that first three-quarter uh, UCLA team out there and, and playing hard, 
I think I think they're a team to look at. Now, I don't think they're going to be in a grand scheme of things a big team to look at and say that they're going to run the tables or anything like that, make it to the playoffs. Nothing like that. I think it's I think really the only team that has a chance of making the playoffs in the Pac-12 is probably USC, uh, just because of the talent that they've got and uh, the story around them. So, uh, moving on, a game I really don't want to talk about is Oklahoma just getting just rolled over, uh, just completely destroyed. Uh, TCU came in there and they wanted to, to just run it down Oklahoma's throat in every every aspect of the game. So, uh, you know, Oklahoma's defense was a storyline the first three games. Uh, we see this defense come in, Brent Venables, defensive coach, coming in and, and making some changes. And we saw schemes and the way that these guys were, were, were really performing on those schemes. It just looked like this defense was actually clicking. And the real test was, can they stop a pretty good Nebraska offense that might be really fired up and might actually want some sort of comeback game per se, you know? And so we saw them come in there and start off a little slow, but then stick it to Nebraska and shut them down for the rest of the game after that first drive. The starters only allowed seven points in that game. So we see an Oklahoma defense that we're really buzzing around. Uh, and not, not just me, not just Oklahoma fans, but everyone around the nation and for good cause. They looked very solid. But I think what you see against K-State, it seemed like maybe some coaching schemes. But against TCU, it seemed like those coaching schemes were fixed. But then the personnel starts to become an issue. And I think there's a fine line. It always falls on the coach. Okay, don't take, take what I'm saying out of context. It always falls on the coach, always. But there does come a point where it also falls. You have to point to the player and say it also falls on him. I don't think it ever ever comes away from the coach, but it does fall on the player at a specific point where you say you have to be able to fill your position. You have to be able to stay back in the deep coverage when that's what you're supposed to do. And that's just something personnel has become an issue in the last two games, but especially in this TCU game. You see guys getting burnt deep. Uh, the, the deep ball was really what killed Oklahoma. Uh, you, you had several big plays that just really just absolutely destroyed uh, Oklahoma and, and mainly just Max Duggan going all out 23 for 33 uh, 302 yards for three touchdowns and through the air uh, and then he was also five rushes for 116 yards that's 23.2 yard average and two touchdowns to the ground one of those rushing touchdowns for Max Duggan was a 67 yard rushing touchdown another big run on the game was uh, from their uh, running back they had Kendra Miller, who ran for a 69-yarder. So just these huge plays. Not only that, but also in the passing game where you see a safety bite up close. They see a, a route coming up close. They bite up on that instead of staying, staying in their deep zone, not letting anybody pass them. All of a sudden, there's a wide-open receiver. We had a 73-yard touchdown against Oklahoma's defense and a 62-yard touchdown against Oklahoma's defense. It just did not look good. It looked like from... Kansas State, it seemed more like a personnel. Britton and I were both talking about how this kind of seems like it was just, you know, it, it was a coaching scheme against Kansas State where they were rushing 6-7. At times, there was even, I'm pretty sure, eight guys rushing. I might be wrong on that, but it seemed like they were just sending all 11 guys at times against K-State and uh, at Kansas State. And, and whenever they did that, you could tell they were getting burnt because Kansas State was running really quick routes to, to protect Martinez, to have a route there for him right away. So it seemed more like the coaching against Kansas State. But against TCU, it just seemed like the personnel, uh, you know, just guys 
we're not sticking to their to their assignment. Now it still falls on the coach, like I said, uh, and prayers up for for Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I, I think the protocol, the concussion protocol, really came out this past weekend. We saw this in a lot of games since the Tua. Uh, prayers up for Tua and his family too. They're going through a lot right now, and especially with all with all that's going on there. So I mean, it, it, that, that was really scary. Uh, I was watching that Thursday night game, and I was sitting there vibing on the color rush. You got uh, these all teal uniforms against the the white tigers, and then all of a sudden you see that big hit, and as soon as Tua's head smacked the ground, I was scared because I was like, oh no, because we knew what happened just four days prior against the Bills. Uh, so, you know, just the way that he hit the ground, that was very scary. But we saw the concussion protocol step it up. They, they should have been this way before, of course, hindsight 2020, but they really stepped it up this weekend. We saw it in the LSU game. Uh, we saw it uh, in the Oklahoma game a couple of times. It was for, of course, Dylan Gabriel getting targeted. So just overall, uh, you know, hopefully Dylan Gabriel can bounce back and hopefully it's not as major hopefully they're able to go through the entire protocol and clear him properly um, but i would as an oklahoma fan i, I really want to see him back out there um, moving on i think oklahoma they've just they've just got to got to put something together oklahoma lost uh, 55 to 24 and really that last touchdown was all garbage points for oklahoma too so it's really feels more like 55 to 17. Um, but moving on to ole miss kentucky Ole Miss ends up holding on. They win 22 to 19 against Kentucky. Now, this was really a defensive battle when you look at it. It was completely a defensive battle. Both offenses struggled. Jackson Dart, I loved Jackson Dart in the offseason. I wanted him to come to Oklahoma before Dylan Gabriel got brought into the mix. Uh, so Jackson Dart, very, very talented quarterback. He just hasn't looked comfortable yet this year. He hasn't shown anything to say that he's really that quarterback that we thought he could be. So Jackson Dart, uh, he, he threw 15 for 29 uh, in an interception. Again, you got to win the turnover battle. They did win the turnover battle overall, but as a quarterback, you, you, you just, you, you've got to be focusing on your part, and that is not fumbling and not turning the ball over through the air. Um, so that's just something tough to see from him because he didn't put one in the end zone uh, through the air. So, you know, it was, it was kind of tough to see that there. But uh, just overall, just... I think he's got a lot of improving to do, but uh, you know that 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 comes, that comes, and and they don't have a whole lot of time on Ole Miss's offense to get rolling. Um, but going over to Kentucky, shout out to Britain because we we talked about uh, Kentucky. I was a little higher on Kentucky coming into the year, and Britain said I just don't see them being able to do much because we we see them losing Wandale Robinson. How much are they going to be able to do on offense? And I said there's going to be somebody to step up. There's always somebody next up. They haven't shown anybody to be that that guy. So what are they going to be able to do on offense? We don't know. Uh, Kentucky needs to do more on offense. They need to be able to show that they can score more than just 19 points. Uh, you know, Will Levis fumbled the ball in, the, in a crucial moment and, and one drive that seemed like they were going to be able to go down there and score, at least set up for a field goal position to tie the game. And there was another fumble in there too, not all on Will Levis, but just overall, uh, you know, turnovers, that's that's what killed uh, Kentucky there. But then ultimately, Kentucky, you you gave four points over to Ole Miss. You missed two extra points, and you gave up a safety. That's situational awareness. You've got to know what's what's there. 
Um, so we see Kentucky kind of giving that up. That's just something you've, you've got to be aware of. You've got to be able to know that's there. Um, so Kentucky, you gave away four points and lost by three. So really you lost that game more than Ole Miss won it in one way. But at the same time, Ole Miss also forced that, that pressure for the uh, extra points and also forced you to be in the pressure situation of, of giving up the safety. So Ole Miss, big win, 22 to 19. You've got to figure out how to put more than just 20 points up on the board on offense. But your defense looks very good. Your defense is doing what they need to do for you. I think any time in, in college football, any time that your defense can stop a team from scoring 25 or more, I think you're doing all right. Moving on to Alabama, Arkansas. Alabama, uh, we had some questions. Are they going to be able to do it on the road? And we also kind of questioned what if, you know, at, at maybe maybe not too much, but what if Bryce Young isn't able to play? We, we saw both of those. We saw them go on the road. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And start off playing a very tough game and a very good game against Arkansas on the road and we started saying okay well maybe maybe Alabama's getting out of that that little streak of, of you know we look back at last year against Texas A&M losing to Texas A&M pulling out a squeaker winning by one point uh, against Texas this year going on the road so just kind of scary stuff for Alabama on the road but we see them come out and pull out starting to look really good 28 to 7 going in the half but Arkansas went on a, on a streak of 23 unanswered points at one point and came within five points of, of being able to, to tie the game up. And so, you know, Arkansas has to be able to close out. I feel like Arkansas, uh, Bryce Young did go out with an injury. Uh, as I mentioned, he went out with an injury, and it, it, it was tough when you saw that because now Alabama's kind of going downhill. For Arkansas, what, what you need to recognize as Arkansas is when that happens, when Bryce Young comes in and you see Jalen Milrow, a freshman quarterback, come in, you put all the physical pressure in the world on him. He's already got the, the mental pressure in on him. You need to put all the physical pressure, rush guys in the backfield, make him throw the ball, make him make, him make quick decisions. He's a freshman. He, you know, he, he's a backup right now, so you've, you've got to force that. And also another thing is when you see a backup quarterback go in in that situation, you also know that they're going to run the ball. Arkansas never never put something together to show that they were that, that they were adjusting. They never adjusted, never. And it, it was horrible. They didn't, they didn't adjust at all to the situation at hand. They, they adjusted to start to go on this run, but then they didn't adjust. <coughs> excuse, <coughs> excuse me. They didn't adjust after that. So... <clears throat> ultimately, Arkansas just has to adjust. Alabama pulls out a very tough win, and ultimately, Jalen Milrow, <clears throat> man, excuse me, uh, he pulled out. He pulled out and won the game in a very crucial, crucial moment too. So, hats off to him. He had a huge 77-yard uh, touchdown. That was big for him, and uh, something that Arkansas just let up. So I didn't see a whole lot of fight. And another thing too is that. 
coming into the, this season, that's something that I wanted to see from from uh, Bryce Young was leadership. That's not a whole lot that I've that I've seen from his, him from the leadership aspect, and I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it. But one thing that you see with Bryce Young in this game, he comes out. I don't think that shoulder's bothering him a whole lot the way that he he reacted afterwards. I think maybe it was just more or less of a safety precaution to keep him out of the game. But he came out there, he was tapping guys on the helmet, getting up in, in the huddles and talking to his guys. Being a leader, that's something that we needed to see out of Bryce Young. And we absolutely saw it in this game. I, I, I have a lot more respect from him because of this game. And yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was just a really fun game to watch with his leadership. Uh, and ultimately, Alabama just be, being able to pull out and win in, in the, that clutch moment to be able to come out. Overall, I know a lot of people have been kind of harping on Alabama for the, for kind of having that little slow stint in there and letting Arkansas get within five. But ultimately, they won the game. They won the game comfortably. So I think Alabama, I look at that and say that's a good road win for Alabama. Uh, moving on, Rutgers, Ohio State, we didn't expect anything fun out of this game. It started off kind of fun. I'm going to be honest. If you watched that game at all, I was watching it my wife's. Ohio State alum and works at Ohio State right now, and she, uh, uh, you know, she, she's a, an Ohio State fan. So we had to watch the Ohio State game, and uh, it started off with, you know, the Rutgers trying to throw everything. They had four quarterbacks in the first six plays, uh, you know, so in the first drive, four different guys come in for quarterback. One of them being a, a tight end. So you have a tight end. I like it. I like the I like the firepower. I like the throwing throwing everything at them. Give them everything you got. Uh, I, I love it personally, so keep it up. Uh, you know, do that kind of stuff because what do you have to lose? You're going into Ohio State, but then they punt the ball away and recover a fumble on the punt. Uh, so, you know, the the, the punt returner, uh, I believe it was Egbuka, uh, fumbles the, the punt return. You've got to know just to let it go in that situation. You don't run backwards towards the ball, but uh, regardless, it was turned over. Rutgers scored their only touchdown on that alone. Their only other points came from an interception. So what do you take away from that Ohio State? Don't turn the ball over. Uh, both special teams because of the punt return and offense. You have to recognize in those situations. When you turn the ball over, you give up points. Uh, we were at the Arkansas State game. The only time that Arkansas State was able to do it was getting some sort of turnover, getting some sort of momentum off of stuff like that. So you have to be smart with the ball. And you can afford that against Rutgers. You can afford that against Arkansas State. You can't afford that when you start to get into some of this big play. You've got Penn State coming up. You've got, uh, you know, games, Michigan. Michigan's going to be a very tough game. So you've got some tough games uh, ahead of you. So for Ohio State, whenever you, you start to look at that, even I think even looking at Michigan State, even though they don't look good this year, I think you still have to be worried about how that's going to look against teams that should be able to capitalize against that more than a team like Rutgers, uh, even even Iowa, uh, you know, and, and so you've got you've got some teams, of course, like I said, I think the big ones being Penn State uh, and Michigan. So I think those are the two that Ohio State, you, you, you've got to be able to hold on to the ball. You've got to be able to be careful with the ball. But the, the only real story from that game was just a fake punt, late hit out of bounds, a little scuffle on the Ohio State sidelines. Greg Schiano runs over there to what we would think would be to break up all those scuffle, but instead he gets into the scuffle himself. Yelling at Ryan Day, uh, a lot of choice words being thrown around. I'm not a lip reader, but I know that those were not nice words, uh, and, and it was very hostile. 
you, you have to see it to understand how hostile it looked. It looked like if Greg Schiano was any closer, he would have tried to throw hands with Ryan Day. It really looked like that. And even after the game, Ryan Day had shaken it off, you know, whatever, we won the game. And it looked as if maybe he tried to explain, hey, it wasn't really a called fake punt, because I, I think that's what it was. Uh, if you look at that situation, it looked like a rugby style punt where you roll out to the right. And if the edge crashes in and you've got open field, you're kind of taught in that situation as a, as a rugby punter to just take off running. You can pick up the first down. So I think that was what happened in that situation, personally. Uh, I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, so that, that's kind of what it looked like to me. And, and it seemed like, uh, you know, Ryan Day shook it off, tried to explain that shaking hands. And Greg Schiano didn't look like he wanted to shake hands. He did not exchange any words back at the end of the game. He was still pretty pissed off. And uh, it, it was fun. It was fun to watch that. Uh, just, just something to look at and, and to see a little bit of spark in a game that we didn't expect anything from. Moving on to Georgia. Georgia going on the run of a zoo. We expected Georgia to bounce back after kind of a, a weird game against Kent State, you know, where they let up 22 points, more than their first three three games combined. So you expect this defense to really stand up, make a make a big stand. But instead, Missouri goes into halftime winning 16-6 to against Georgia. And you're starting to wonder, is this Georgia team really number one worthy? Do they really deserve to be a number one? And I'll get back to that point in a second, but we get into the end of the third quarter, up 19-12 to now. You're down a touchdown against Mizzou. A Mizzou who just now lost by beating themselves at Auburn. So I think you, you, you look at this game and it's just, what is what is happening to Georgia? Is something is something bad happening to them, or is this just kind of something you know a, a, you know a downspout during a game? I do think Georgia needs to be careful moving on because when you look at Georgia's schedule, they've they've got a couple of easy games in Auburn and, and uh, Vanderbilt, but they're going to have to go against Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky, all back to back. And so I think when you look at the rest of their schedule. Coming forward, you have a couple more games where you can afford to kind of have slow stints like that, but overall, you, you can't afford to do that when you start to get into that those that four game stretch with those those teams. You know, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and, and Kentucky are not teams that you can afford too many mistakes against and getting kind of a, a, in a slow rhythm. You've got to keep that rhythm. But one thing I will speak to when you look at that fourth quarter is I think what we see with Georgia is we see them come out. And they just showed poise. They showed like they were confident that they were the number one team. You don't have to believe that they're, they're the number one team. They believe that they're the number one team. And they showed that. You look, I'm going to use Oklahoma as an example because I pay most attention to Oklahoma. So get over it. But Oklahoma against TCU, when they were down 14-0, you saw some scuffling on, on the sidelines. Not necessarily at each other, but just kind of like, hey, we, we need to get motivated, and people were kind of frustrated on the sidelines. Not Again, not necessarily at each other, but players were kind of frustrated on the sidelines, head hanging down, just seemed out of breath, you know, just winded, and more or less because they're defeated, you know, morally. Uh, and then also with Oklahoma, you see that when they get down, especially when it's, I believe, 17-0 at one point against TCU, you see even kind of, you know, this, this kind of, uh, you know, defeat on the sidelines with, with players and coaches talking it out and all of this on the sideline with Georgia, you never saw any of that. You never saw any of that defeat, that moral defeat. You saw them go over there, still have each other's back, sit down, very calm, collective, relaxed, understanding that they're on the road in the SEC 
and ultimately they pulled out and won the game. So I think when you look at Georgia and the way that they stayed poised, Stetson Bennett was very poised. He didn't have a good game. Uh, I mean, he didn't have a bad game. I just don't think he had a good game. He didn't have any touchdowns to prove for it. Uh, he, he was somewhat efficient with the ball, but not really efficient, you know, only, only efficient in completion percentage maybe, but not in moving the ball. So I think when you, when you look at Stetson Bennett and the way that he reacted in that game, he just seemed like he had ice in his veins on the sidelines. You know, he was straight up just over there, just very in the zone. He knew what, what he had to do. No, no uh, panic. Even when he's on the field, no panic. Pressure all around him, no panic. And Georgia just moved the ball at the, at the end and, and did what they needed to do. And the defense stood tall, too. The defense stopped Missouri's offense from being able to move, from being able to run on them. And, and, and ultimately, that's, that's what a number one team in the nation does. So do I think Georgia deserves to be number one? Maybe not. But when we're talking about the grand scheme of things, the top four positions, and this is something you'll probably hear me say over and over again, the top four rankings, sorry, the top four rankings, you're going to see who deserves to be number one, and there's four teams that deserve to be number one, and that's those that top four teams. So with that top four teams, it's going to be, right now I think, from my order, and Britton and I are going to come out with our, our power five, uh, you know, or not, not power five, but our power rankings for at least our top five. And right now for me, I think when you look at the four teams that show that they deserve to be in that playoff talk, which is who deserves to be tied for number one. I think you look at it for me in my order right now is probably Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson in that order. But that order doesn't matter because they all have a shot at being number one. I think they all have a shot. And if you look at those matchups, no matter how, how, how you match it up, I don't think there's necessarily a blowout in any of those matchups. I think they, they all look very good. I think Georgia has a tough road ahead of them if they keep on playing like this. But I think they still played like a number one team. Moving on, uh, something that Britton and I like to do, and I think this is going to be uh, a weekly thing. We're going to make this a weekly thing from now on. Uh, we, uh, you know, a segment that we've done in the past, but one that's a lot of fun. Uh, rising to the occasion, you know, that's our that's our name. But who is rising to the occasion? I look at it this week. I have to call out Kansas. Uh, I, I love watching Kansas right now. I am absolutely a Kansas supporter right now. I'm a Kansas fan. I'm going to ride that bandwagon until they disappoint me. Um, just because you look at the way that Kansas and what Lance Leipold has done there, I think he deserves a lot of credit, and uh, he's, he's going to be brought up in a lot of different uh, conversations, and rightfully so. You look at Kansas and what they've done with uh, you know as, as little of talent as they have, uh, I think they deserve to be uh, lifted up right now and, and, and told how good they're doing because they are doing an amazing job with no talent. They don't have four and five star players on their team that are just stacked up and they get to they have all this talent and they're just playing decent. No, they they have decent players that are two and three star players that are out there and winning games, and they're winning games on all sides of the ball, and they've they've won games in several different ways, and and that's just something that you know they're playing their hardest right now. I don't think Kansas is going to be able to fare fare up and, and win especially when you look at the back half of their, their schedule. They've got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Uh, you know, so you, you know, you've know you got games like that. They've got TCU this weekend. They host TCU. College game day coming to town. Uh, Kansas is is now 19. Uh, you know, they're they're now a 5-0, number 19 in the nation. 
it's the first time since 2009 that they've been ranked in, uh, in or, I'm, I'm sorry, it's been uh, since 2009 since they since they were five and zero. I just saw the stat today that that they were 23 and 125 between the time in 2009 when they were five and zero and now. 23 and 125. 23 wins, 125 losses. That's crazy. Uh, so who's rising to the occasion? Kansas is rising to the occasion. I like what I see out of the Jayhawks. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to do much and win the Big 12, but I'm going to be rooting for them, and I hope they go 11-1 and one this year. Uh, that one loss being to Oklahoma because I can't stand to watch my Sooners lose one more game. Um, but I love seeing that. Uh, and who's kind of... Uh, who's kind of on the opposite spectrum of that. I look around the nation, uh, and and I look over at Texas A&M. We had a lot of expectations out of Texas A&M. I think most people did. Uh, They're always overhyped. We know that. But you look at Texas A&M, and they had a really good recruiting class, and I think a lot of people uh, were even saying, I think this is something that Britton and I were talking about, that because of that recruiting class this year, I think that's more or less something that we can expect more out of them next year. But from looking at them this year, we didn't expect them to look as bad as they do right now. And yeah, they had a win against Arkansas. That was a good win against Arkansas. But they lost to App State at home. And it was just, they they looked bad. And it's an App State team that had to win on a Hail Mary, bounced off of of a receiver's hands to, to score the touchdown against Troy. And then they just now lost, I can't even remember the team's name, who App State just now lost to. Uh, and, and so we, we see how Texas A&M just does not look good. They came back to win against Miami, but Miami doesn't look good anymore. Uh, and that, that's another one I think we could say uh, who, who is kind of, you know, not rising to the occasion. Um, but, you know, just who's shying away from the occasion? It's absolutely Texas A&M right now. Texas A&M has been overhyped for several years now, and it's showing right now that they were definitely overhyped this year. Texas A&M, you have got to get your stuff together. Uh, of course, if you would have started off maybe with a with your better quarterback in the game sooner, maybe you wouldn't have been in this situation to start off with. But this is something that that I think uh, Texas A&M is going to have to to really get some stuff together because I think they're starting to kind of fall off the wagon. But that's all I have for today. Uh, again, it's boring just being me, but I thank you guys so much for watching, for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Don't forget to subscribe. Again, go over to YouTube, subscribe. Also follow us on Twitter. That's where we're most active. It's R2TO Podcast. And then Britton and I also have our own individual. You can look up Britton Mahler and Josh Mahler on Twitter as well. We're very active on there. Um, Over on YouTube, make sure to hit the notification bell so that you are notified anytime that we are live. We do like to surprise you guys and just go live. So make sure to join in. And also remember every Saturday morning for college game days anyways, Um, during college football season you could join us on saturday mornings 9 a.m eastern time 8 a.m central time join in live join in the chat we we love to see you guys in there Uh, so make sure to come on there and uh, join in the chat on youtube so we can see you guys uh, and and show the love Uh, and also if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify give us a five-star review and for now we're off until next time thanks guys welcome back to rising to the occasion everybody I want to thank everybody so much for your support. You guys have all been really awesome. Uh, And we've been seeing the numbers grow quite a bit. And that's what keeps us going on this, is seeing you guys engage. If you want to engage more, make sure to tune in 
on Saturdays. This Saturday, we're going to have another live stream. It's rising in the morning, so get up early in the morning and start your game day off right by joining us. We're going to be talking about a few different games, you know, previewing some, previewing some games that are coming up uh, this weekend. So we'll be talking about those games and much more. Uh, we have quite a few guests that come on. We've got a couple that are planned in the near future. So make sure to tune in. Go over to, to uh, YouTube and subscribe and hit the notification bell so you know when that is. But it's this Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Central Time. Make sure to tune in and go over to YouTube so you can join in the chat. We'd love to see you guys join in and get involved. Before getting into it, I do want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by Mahler Bros Golf, the only place to get your golf apparel, the only place to get the most comfortable golf polos. Britton and I started up Mahler Bros Golf a little while back. Uh, we got into golfing quite a bit and just said, you know what, it's, it's expensive and it's kind of hard to find the right kind of golf clothing, something you can look good in, feel good in, uh, that you know it's comfortable and something that you really want to spend the money on. So how about we make that product? So we searched and went out and did all this uh, research to create Mahler Bros Golf. So go over to MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com. You can check out all of our signature polos, t-shirts, hats, and so much more. Go check it out. And you can use code RISING2 for 10% off just for being a listener to this podcast. We love you guys that much. Go over there, MahlerBros.com. Check it out. Rising 2 for 10% off. All right, let's get into it. Washington at UCLA, a game that a lot of us probably didn't even know was going on because it was on Friday. Uh, they started off first, but that also gave UCLA the opportunity to be the first 5-0 team. In Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. 